Downloads of this show are available on Podomatic.com and the Podomatic mobile app. Hello, everybody. This is the Famous Dead People podcast, the only podcast that resurrects famous people from the grave and asks them all the hard questions. We originally air as a radio show on Radio Free Brooklyn, so if you like the show, you can listen to episodes the day they come out every Monday at 3 p.m. only on Radio Free Brooklyn. You're about to hear the episode where I interview librarian and inventor of the Dewey Decimal System, Melville Dewey, played by comedian Charlie Nicholson, and professional wrestler extraordinaire, macho man Randy Savage, played by comedian Will Jacobs. It was an awesome and hilarious episode. Uh, don't forget to go out and buy my book, The Kelly and Conway Technique. Email us at famousdeadpeople at radiofreebrooklyn.org if you have any famous people that you want to have on the show. Check out my improv team, Junior Varsity, every Thursday at 7 p.m. at the Magnet Theater. Go ahead and rate and review the podcast. If you haven't subscribed already, go ahead and do that. And, of course, you can check out all my upcoming projects at jarrettberenstein.com and my live show dates. But for now, sit back, relax, and enjoy Macho Man Randy Savage and Melville Dewey only on Famous Dead People. Famous Dead People. It's time. Famous Dead People. Time to start the show. Famous Dead People. Famous Dead People. Oh, you know, famous dead people, famous dead people, famous stories dead stuck people. in the head. You're gonna hear awful from me, even though all these people are dead. My guests today on Famous Dead People are American librarian, educator, and most notably the inventor of the Dewey Decimal System of Library Classification, Melville Dewey. Thank you for saying so. That's me. And 20th century professional wrestler and color commentator for the WWF World, Re- World Wrestling Federation, Macho Man Randy Savage. Ooh, it's good to be here. Uh, Mr. Savage, Mr. Dewey, thank you so much for being here on Famous Dead People. Oh, it's my pleasure. I love coming in on a Sunday. Yeah, thank you for coming into uh, to the studio. Um, so, Mr. Dewey, I'd like to start with you if I could. Um, as I said before, your most famous contribution uh has been the Dewey Decimal System, which was a way to which is a way to uh find books in a library based on uh, the subject matter of whatever the book is. Exactly. Can you tell us a little bit about how libraries were organized before your system and maybe why you felt it was necessary to invent the Dewey Decimal System? Like was it difficult to find books without your contribution? Well, thank you for the question. I mean, before I started cataloging and organizing, it was absolute chaos uh, when you would walk into a library. Uh, some librarians were categorizing by color, um, others by how much they liked the books. And um, Wait, so you say like the color of the book? The color of the cover. The color of the cover of the exactly. book. Interesting. Which okay. was confusing because uh, multiple books could be published with different covers, and then you'd find uh, the same book in multiple places in the library. Yeah, and Ooh. also... <laughs> Sorry, does that sound confusing? Ooh, that hurts more than a big body slam. <laughs> yeah, it did hurt. Yeah. If I had to organize a library, it would be based on book size. Mm-hmm. What, you what? could most adequately hit somebody with to knock them out or something? Yes. Any slamming, any slamming object, you'd be able to hit them right in the back if you go to the big book section, and the small <laughs> ones are for throwing. Well, uh, hopefully by organizing all the books, uh, there wouldn't be any confusion and no need for anybody to fight. And no need for any violence, while they're in, Exactly, while they're in the library. But it, there is, correct me if I'm wrong, Mr. Dewey, there is an oversized section of any library, right? Of for course. any books that are, like, really, really big. That's for the books on me! <laughs> <laughs> because of how enormous you are, Mr. Because of how big my muscles are. are. Possibly, okay. but also books, uh, uh, atlases, and maps would go into a larger folio. And I mean, there's a lot of um, a lot of really cool books that came out like way back when, before we had like a more standardized size of what books would be. You know what I mean? Um, 
Uh, of course. I mean, uh, some books had multiple uses. You know, some books were for reading, but also for... Uh, Smashing! <laughs> well, I was going to say propping up other books or, or, or carrying... propping up people like tiny children in their chairs. Mm-hmm. I'm just saying, like, you know, before we had, like, the standard size of what a book would be that we have now, people just made books enormous. You know, there were, there were, there were books that were the size of small children... Well, at that uh, time, exactly. there was, they, they needed kindling for their fires. So if they read <laughs> yeah. a book, then they would have plenty of kindling for their fires. So wait, so, mm. so when you introduced the system, was it just like, were people's minds blown? Like, oh my God, it's so much easier to find things. You know, we have so much more time available now to do the research because now we know exactly where the book is. Was it, was it that reaction? Yeah, I mean, yes, of course. It, it, it transformed the library world into um, a hobby and, and into a profession. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, before, many people didn't know what a library was. And as soon as there was a system for accessing the books, uh, people began to celebrate, uh, hmm. come to the library with a purpose and know that they could find a book as opposed to, for example, get into a fight with another patron. And then maybe like try to grab the biggest book they can, yeah. which they wouldn't have been able to find because it ha- was not properly organized it's that way. It's chaos. It's total <laughs> chaos in my library. Well, let me, uh, let me ask you, Mr. Macho Man Randy Savage, mm-hmm. um, do you prefer being called that, by the way, as opposed to your uh, given name of, uh, of Mr. Poffo? Yes. You should call me Mr. Savage or Dr. Savage after I received my doctorate in pain. <laughs> also. That wasn't on your Wikipedia. Theoretical physics. Oh, really? Yeah. Interesting. I'd love to ask you more about that, but but um, I want to ask you about this first. You are widely regarded mm. as one of the greatest professional wrestlers in history. Uh, your peers in the wrestling world have mm. ranked you, and this is a quote from the Wikipedia, mm. as one of the top performers yeah. of all time. And I think it's interesting that they chose that word performers because that is essentially what pro wrestling is, right? Like there's obviously physical skill, but it's mainly performance art, right? Because these aren't... aren't actual like improvised fights or they're highly choreographed you know exactly who's gonna win beforehand oh oh do you (laughs) oh listen when i step into that ring the only thing i know is that it's me against the world Mm -hmm. and by the world i mean the the scantily dressed other man who's sweating (laughs) bullets and staring at me straight in the eye well, when I went up against the Purple Flamingo in 1987 Ooh, purple slammed him to the ground, there was no script. There was no planning. When I broke that man's back... and I, You broke I, his back? I broke his back and I split him in two. Okay, so this is an actual wrestling match that you had with somebody where you split his back in half. And you, as you're saying, there, there was no script, there was no choreography. It was just you fighting this person? It was me against the world. <laughs> the Purple Flamingo and his tag team... Team was of, the world at that point in your life? He was, was my world at that point. Gotcha. Okay. My world was his blouse, and I <laughs> tore that blouse just like I tore his torso from his legs. Interesting, because I, I just it feels like there's so much evidence out there that the world of professional wrestling is scripted, is choreographed. Like, we know this to be a fact now. Like, you've heard of this, obviously, if you, Mr. Dewey. If you watch a, a wrestling match, there are uh, writers listed in the end credits of the show. There so, are, yeah. Uh, and, if you, and if you interview people like, you know, The Rock or anything, like, they're often very vocal about the fact that they were playing a character and, you know, uh, they, you know, they don't really have a feeling about not getting a championship or not because it was... Uh, a script. It was it was a play they were performing. Listen, at this point in time, anyone can get a writing credit for anything that they do. So if you write whatever goes on the side of a mat, you get a writing credit. So you're if saying you, that if the- you write what goes on my beautiful ass, you get a writing credit. And gotcha. aside from that, it's just me and another big ass <laughs> man in the middle of a mat. Okay. And that's what that's truth. 
Okay. But at the same time, it's important to be clear about exactly who's creating the story. Yeah. And, mm-hmm. uh, and that's why well, we I categorize think... uh, professional wrestling as a uh, performing arts. Or fiction. Uh, you or say fiction. fiction yeah, as absolutely. Well. Oh, is it a fiction? <laughs> when, a, when a huge man dressed as a robot steps to me in front of a cheering crowd... And I slam him in the back well, did you, with three did, chairs. Did you decide beforehand that you were going to, did you as a group of people decide beforehand that you were going to slam this man at this time with, with chairs? There was a discussion. There was a, there was a table reading. <laughs> and then whatever happens oh. in that ring, <laughs> no matter what we've decided before, it happens in that ring for real. Okay, so that, so you're saying that. You do script it beforehand, but you like to keep it loose once you get in there. You know, like you like to play around almost like a, like a Judd Apatow movie. You know, like they have a script, but they do a little improvisation also. The only Judd Apatow movie I would ever do is me against him in a tag team wrestling match. Me and the Thriller in Manila. The big, the big man himself, Hulk Hogan. <laughs> I call him the Thriller in Manila in my spare time. I mean, it's not historically accurate. Against but... him and Seth Rogen. Well, that, oh. that sounds like a good way to get hurt. It, no, it, for them, for them, it would exactly. be a good way to get hurt. That sounds, I mean, I would definitely pay money to see that, but I do not think that they should. If you're listening, Judd Apatow and Seth Rogen, do not do this tag team with Macho Man Randy Savage. I would have and, also uh, accepted, I would have accepted a role in Trainwreck as well, but I was not <laughs> offered one. I mean, you could have easily done the John Cena part, but that's neither here nor there. No. Um, so back to, uh, back to you, Mr. Uh, Dewey. According to Wikipedia, uh, it says that you decided early that your destiny would be to reform education, the education of the masses, but it doesn't say anything about, like, how you made the decision or how young you were. Like, do you remember specifically the moment when you decided, like, I'm going to reform education of the masses? Uh, yeah, I mean, it was when I was expelled from, from middle school. You were expelled from middle school? Uh, yeah, yeah, I, I uh, had been caught stealing uh, from the from the other students stealing their lunches. Uh, oh my god! Uh, there, there were no explicit rules about whether or not we should be eating each other's lunches or not. Interesting. So, uh, and so the same way that you feel like you specifically need to know where a book is, you specifically, as a child, needed to be told what you could and could not do. Mm. And stealing lunches was not spe- explicitly told to you. Is that right? Exactly. So I assumed, you know, uh, take what you will. And I did. And uh, uh, when I was caught, I, they knew because I had a stomach ache. Uh, from I, eating all the lunches. Yeah, eating all the lunches. Obviously, uh, yeah. Uh, and I was expelled from school. And uh, that's why I began to teach myself. We have more in common than I thought, Mr. Dewey. <laughs> I was also expelled from middle school for body slamming my science teacher through his desk in front of a cheering crowd of fourth graders. A cheering crowd of fourth graders. They had brought them in for a middle school exper- uh, experiment, mm-hmm. and I body slammed my teacher right there and there. And, and you, you're thinking, was here's an audience. I know they're here for one. Th- I know they're here for a science experiment mm, instead, but yeah. I'm going to. I'm going to give him a show. I'm going to take him down. <laughs> he had given me a B on my uh, circuitry assignment. Well, but they wouldn't, I don't think that they would expel you, Mr. Dewey, just for stealing one lunch, right? No, it was a, it was a, definitely a majority. Didn't they tell you at some point, like, this is against the rules? Like, wasn't it set in stone at that point? Uh, no one had ever done it before. So in that sense, I was really, really you know, a leader uh, of uh, a pioneer, the, pioneer pushing a bully the pioneer, I would say. Well, it wasn't so much bullying because the, the students were outside when I when I took what I took. I'm sorry, but so it wasn't <laughs> bullying because you weren't like physically in the school at the exactly. time? Exactly. I was Not kind sure of, if that's... They left their lunches inside and you <laughs> took them while they were outside? Yeah, I didn't really like oh, to go outside during the recess. Oh, a sneaky steal. Yes. A sneaky steal. Okay. So I they had you. recess before they ate lunch. 
<laughs> yes. Get very tired before lunchtime it's and then eat a big meal. The two Chaos. of you just figuring out what the schedule of a school would be. Like, I'm interested. <laughs> if I had a school, the periods would grow in length. So your last class would take two hours and it would be an all out slog fest. <laughs> One student ripping each other apart. Well, as long as the students knew what to expect, I, I also would be in support. It's important to have a plan. Children need that kind of structure. It is very yeah. important there. So, yeah, so how old were you? So you're in middle school, you get expelled, yeah, and you think, I'm never going to let this happen to another kid. I'm never going to let them not know what's, what's allowed and what's not allowed. Exactly. So I, mm -hmm. I, I went home that day. I told my, my family, who were deeply disappointed. Mm -hmm. And from that moment on, I decided that I would teach myself everything I had to know. Teach yourself. Self-taught. Exactly. And the way I did that was by coming up with rules with for myself. rules and systems. Can you yep. give us like a couple of the rules maybe that you... Uh, that you gave yourself for your for your self-imposed uh, uh, homeschooling? Yes. Uh, one of the first rules was uh, don't go outside. Don't go outside. Mm. Yeah, seems pretty, seems pretty good. All right, yeah. I, Be I, yeah. Because the best way to learn is by reading. And by reading inside. Uh, yes. So yeah. a few distractions. No animals, no butterflies or anything. No. Uh, we know everything we need to know about those things by reading. <laughs> it's true. You don't actually need to see the thing to learn about it. Exactly. I think few, uh, too few educators have made that point about how you need less experience out in the world and more just nose in books, kids. Exactly. Right? I mean, it's a whole wide, wild world outside the door. Mm -hmm. I mean, that's what led me to being expelled and humiliated in the first place. Yes. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I can see. That's a good origin story there. Well, let me go uh, back to uh, Mr. Savage here for just a moment. So yeah. your father, Angelo, mm -hmm. uh, Angelo Poffo, he was a wrestler as well. He was, mm -hmm. I read... Uh, featured in Ripley's Believe It or Not for being able to do sit-ups for hours. Mm. Does this something that rings a bell? Yeah. Like, did he used to do this for you guys when you were uh, growing yeah, up One of kids? my best uh, memories as a child is sitting upon my father's chest as he would do sit-ups and push-ups uh, hours on end. Hmm. We, called it, uh, we called it the ups and downs. <laughs> and Dad would do it, and he would... And by, back then, we would all call him Papa Man Randy Savage. <laughs> uh, and when Papa Man Randy Savage was doing his ups and downs, there was no stopping him. It was the most inspiring thing I had ever seen until he died in that tragic, tragic bus accident. <laughs> so you much. were, so you were calling your father, mm. uh, Papa Man Randy Savage. Papa Man Randy Savage. And it, I didn't. I just blows my mind that you would call him that because you didn't have the wrestler name mm -hmm. Macho Man Randy Savage until years later, until mm -hmm. decades later. Well, if we didn't call him that, why would we call my grandfather Grandpa Man Randy <laughs> Savage? <laughs> That's a really good point. I mean, to be fair, I wasn't there. So, yeah, that that, uh, that sounds about right. That's I come from a long lines of pop up man Randy Savages. Of, of, uh, much, of something something man Randy Savages. Mm. It's very similar to, similar to what went on in my household where um, I would call my mother uh, Dewey Decimal System, despite the fact that I had not created the system yet. That's interesting. Mm. So we share that link of knowing where we were headed based on our own parents' names. This is the thing about really impressive people, how they just have... Kind of, a, have kind of a sense that they're going to do something incredible, and you can see little sprinklings of it throughout their lives. When I was four years old, I painted a twenty-foot-long mural of the of me 
against uh, of Ray Ban Ray in the showdown of showdowns in Phoenix, Arizona. I'm sorry, how old were you? I was four years you were old. Four years old. I had a blue paintbrush and a and a twenty foot mural, and I painted the scene in every detail. And everybody and I, was really confused by this, obviously. Exactly because. until thirty years later, when me and Ray Ban Ray were alone in that ring, the truth of the moment between us, and I was pinning him down and ripping his left arm off of his body. That's really incredible. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm prophetic, even like a young Nostradamus. Um, if you're just joining us, this is famous dead people on radio for brooklyn and my guests today are 20th century professional wrestler and color commentator for the wwf macho man randy savage <sighs> and american inventor of the dewey decimal system melville dewey mm, yeah i'm happy to still be here i'm wondering though because you mentioned that you used to call your mother the dewey decimal system obviously yeah. years before uh, you would come up with the Dewey Decimal System. Was she the only one that got that nickname, or were you just calling other lots of people Dewey Decimal System? Uh, oh, well, there were other kinds of Dewey Decimal, Dewey Decimal Organization, the Dewey Decimal Process. Uh, that was my brother. Gotcha, uh, gotcha. Everyone had the, everyone had a way they fit into the familial the Dewey unit. Dewey Decimal System. Yeah. I'm curious because maybe like maybe your system doesn't need a decimal at all. Like maybe you could just have instead of it being like decimal you know, 400s, decimal 500s, it could just be 400 and 500s. You wouldn't need the decimal at all. Well, it is important because uh, throughout the day, I mean, my mother would be Dewey Decimal System morning or Dewey Decimal System nighttime. Um, Mm. Dewey Decimal System morning happy or Dewey Decimal (laughs) System nighttime sleepy. So you need the decimal there to separate the two ideas. Well, when I started out categorizing it, I really... I was wasting a lot of time with actual words when I should have just been using numbers. Interesting. And that's why I settled on the the, the numbers in the end. That is fascinating. I'd like to go back to uh, Macho Man Randy Savage just a moment, though. Yeah. Uh, so when so you were originally a baseball player, I read, when you were young. Yeah. Uh, but as I mentioned before, your father was a wrestler. Your younger brother ended up being a wrestler. Mm. How did they take that, that you were sort of going your own way for a little while and playing baseball. Maybe that would have been your entire life. Well, I you played know? my own brand of baseball. Have you ever played MLB Slugfest? Those, I have not played those, MLB. I didn't even know this existed. Those video games have approximated it closely to anything. It's a game where you're allowed to punch people from your from your on-base uh, position. Mm-hmm. A game where you're allowed to tackle the fielders in real time. And this is kind of akin to the type of baseball that I was playing back then. Hmm, interesting. Okay. Right. A very fond memory of a hitting what would have been a triple and just deciding to go right to the mound and pin pin the pitcher. <laughs> uh, his name was uh, Clint Kershaw in a, in a double helix pose. And I got him right on his knees. And his team would have cleared the bench, and I pinned every single one of them down. Wait, so how, how do they score that then? Does that count? We did like, not score. That... <laughs> I was immediately kicked out of the game. I never played baseball again. Really? The I crowd re- went wild. Wow, that's incredible. I mean, I read that you had a pretty a pretty substantial career in baseball, mm. like in like three or four years. Mm. I mean, that that has to have been like the last. The last was, game that you played was like was, at the end of your four-year stint, right? Yeah, there was too much money in them for the, for them to not let me play. I, I would show up dressed in a big boa and uh, skin tight, skin tight baseball uniform. And they're like, "This is not what we're all wearing, mm. Macho Man." Yeah. Were, you, were you Macho Man at that point? I was Baseball Man Randy <laughs> Savage. Let me ask you this. I just want to throw a couple out there. What if you had somebody in your family who made pizza? What would you call pizza him? Pizza Man Randy Savage. <laughs> right. What if you had? Uh, Somebody in your uh, someone in your family who was an iron worker who was a blacksmith. Uh, blacksmith man Randy Savage. <laughs> All right. well, I have to say, I just love that because in that way you know exactly what that person's job is. What would you what would you call uh, uh, Melville Dewey here? Oh, here who, we go. He he was a librarian. He he created a, a organizational systems for education. Oh come on, give me a good one. <laughs> I would call you. 
Dewey Man Randy Savage. Oh, perfect. I mean, I should just go with that. I mean, I love that. That's Dewey a good one. Man, yeah. Would you, you wouldn't, honestly, name. You, 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 I, I think you should change, take the name of your system and leave it the way it is. But maybe your own human name could, for the rest of time, be, what was it? Dewey Just, Man Randy Savage. <laughs> Dewey Man Randy Savage. Setting order to the chaos. Mm-hmm. Yeah, with a triple sow cow. No, that's a that's a, that's an ice skating thing. There's also a that's triple a- sow cow in wrestling. Oh, it is, is brutal and illegal <laughs> in the United States. No one has survived to perform it or have it performed on them. Interesting. It is a mutually assured de- annihilation. <laughs> Everybody the dies. Triple sow cow. Could Everybody you, could dies. Could you describe it for me, exactly what that lo- would look like? Yes. You need five of your sharpest blades, which you attach to different parts of your arm. You then get them in a death grip and spin around as quickly as you can, arms waving up and down, side to side. Now, if there's anyone standing around you, they are assuredly dead. So you need you need a wide open field, and then you will. Uh, chances are, you will both annihilate yourself and the person you're performing it on. I'm sorry. So this is a move that has only been performed in front of no one, where both people are dead at the end of it. It's been performed in front of people, but they didn't. They live all to they tell, all die. If you see it, you do it, or it's done on you. You're dead. Stay away from the <laughs> triple cell car. Well, I mean, someone must have survived in order to, to pass on. On the information, right? Yes, Sal Cowman Randy Sam, <laughs> oh, my yeah. younger brother, the oh, only man to survive that such a move. I can't wait to hear more about that. It but let's go back over to uh, Mr. Uh, Mr. Milville Dewey for just a moment. Oh, so sure. you had a, a storied career as a, a librarian, an oh, editor, yeah. mm-hmm. and uh, in 1884 you started a school for future librarians called the School of Library Economy. Is that right? The School of Library Economy. That's correct. I loved that school. All right. What was Why did you think that was so important to have a school that specifically taught people how to be librarians and the economy of being a librarian? (laughs) Well, you know, pretty quickly I realized that um, uh, there was only one me. Uh, There was only one me in the world, and Mm. I was different. And I began to think, well, what Mm. if I could create more me's, uh, sort of Mm. uh, bring people in, teach them who I am and how to be me and then send them back out uh, in order to categorize a uh, label and uh, and organize the rest of the world. In effect, I was creating an army, although it was a non-violent army. An army of organizers. Oh. Exactly. People yeah. are going to categorize the world. This sounds a lot like, are you really into comic books? Because I know there's a, a lot of comic book supervillains who used to do something similar where they were like, they wanted to, they wanted to capture things mm. and organize them and like collectors, brainiac, you know, yeah. I think he he could be categorized there. Does that sound mm. that sounds similar to you guys? It does sound very similar. I mean, I've never actually read a comic book, but I have read about them. Well, what so. about the comic books that would be in a library, for example? Like you can find comic books in the library these days. Mm-hmm. Of course, yeah. yeah. Uh, uh, you might find them in the graphic novel section, mm-hmm. or it, there there would also be a comic book section in mm-hmm. periodicals. Oh yeah, uh, like young adult literature, it could be as well. You know, depending on what books you have. Mm-hmm. Exactly, but they would definitely be there. Mm-hmm. Uh, and the problem is. Uh, you might uh, find a comic book that should be uh, in the comic book section, but ends up in the in the graphic novel section. No, I, I know it, it's 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 the hard no. thing about my. Is it, we're trying as hard as we can to organize a library in a, uh, a self evident way, but sometimes you come up against these snags. Mm. Man, you're really getting emotional. How do we set order to this chaos? We are we are towing a line here. We are right on the edge I think between maybe, nature and civilization. I think maybe you get a new student for your uh, for your school of library economy here. It seems like this is an, an issue that uh, is really resonating with Macho Man Randy Savage. I Mr. am Dewey. enthralled. <laughs> 
by your systems. I think you're you're towing a dangerous line trying to clone yourself into into many people who, who only want order. But uh, I, I think if you keep it clean, you keep it you keep it fair. You have a fair fight about it. You you follow all the rules. You follow the script. You 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 don't pin the guy when he says he doesn't want to be pinned. Uh, you don't slam when he says he doesn't want to be slammed. You don't you don't go for that triple south cow when it, when you know it's going to kill everybody. You know I think this could work, but I think you're towing a dangerous line. Mm-hmm. Oh, I gotta change. I gotta I gotta tow that line. I mean that's my whole life. Yeah, like look at this. Look at this man, Macho Man Randy Savage. That is a thrill seeker. That is a <sighs> that is a line stepper right there. Uh, yeah. This is a guy who plays by his own rule. He makes his own rules to play by. Oh. And although, you know, I've never been a very violent person, I, I do spend my, my time inside and oftentimes alone, except when I taught at the school. Uh, but uh, I do think there is a certain amount mm. of um, violence when it comes to organizing. Oh, so, a violence. That's when the part comes, I like. When it comes to, we, we just go a little bit further into that, if you wouldn't mind. So well, violence as part of organizing. Well, I mean, if you look at a wrestling match, uh, there are two competing ideas, if you will, that need to win in order to finish the match. And when it's over, uh, it's been organized into a winner and a loser, where at the beginning, it was two contenders. And that's just too confusing for a lot of people. Hmm, We set order to the chaos. (laughs) Two enter, one comes out. Interesting. Okay, well, let me ask you this, uh, Mr. Macho Man Randy Savage. Mm. So, uh, you, you know, uh, you start wrestling. I, I read that you started wrestling while you were still a baseball player, mm. but, uh, you know, just based on the stories that you've told me here today, mm-hmm. it sounds like this is something that's been going on your entire life. Is that right? It is. Okay. So, well, your first wrestling name, correct me if I'm wrong here, uh, was just Spider. Is that right? That was your first wrestling name? Spider was the wrestler that I killed. And, uh, and, uh, Chronicles of Riddick-esque, uh... <laughs> Law, you get what you kill. So you just get the name of the person who you defeat. I inherited his name and I threw it away. Interesting. Oh, oh. So that was almost like, uh, like extra, extra salt in the wound. You know, mm. it's like I kill you, I take your name, and you know what? I'm never going to use it. Yes, he was a weak man and a weaker wrestler. Wow, Spider. So how old were you when you defeated this uh, Spider guy? I was eight years old. When <laughs> eight I years old. And how old was Spider? 35. <laughs> so, all right, so it's actually kind of a fair fight. Because when you're 35, your body starts breaking it down a, a little bit. It was a gimmick match. It was a gimmick match at the Bangor State Fair. Okay. In and, Bangor, Maine. Mm, interesting. Okay. And so uh, you kill the spider guy, mm. throw away the name spider. Is it because you already had your name? So you don't need you don't need another one. I'm already Macho Man Randy Savage at this point. No, uh, I, at that point, I was little boy Randy Savage. Uh, <laughs> and then I inherited Spider, and I didn't like Spider, so I went up the ranks. I killed uh, I killed the Feather. I killed um, RoboCop. <laughs> it was before the movie, and there was a wrestler named RoboCop. Wow. Mm-hmm. Um, he was not as good as the movie RoboCop. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, my God, what just a, an incredible example of youth. Uh, overcoming age, yes. you know, you as this young up upstarter, yes. uh, just had so much to offer, and there was a, this uh, elderly generation that really couldn't stand up to you. Yes. I mean, uh, in a lot of ways, that's how uh, I felt as I was coming up. Mm. I had such and big the, ideas. All these old people telling you that we don't need to have a way to categorize books in a library. And you're just like, no, fuck you, right? And in my own way, I mean, I knocked them down. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Even though I never really got to, uh, to fight them like you did, I, I really destroyed them. It was sort of a, 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 a poetic knocking down, a, a metaphoric knocking down. I'm so close to liking you, and then you don't actually hit people. 
I would never. I don't know if that's a, if we need that to be a, a, a deal breaker for whether or not we're going to like a human. I don't know if you time. need that as a deal breaker. <laughs> I live by one rule, and that's macho. <laughs> well, I mean, as long as you're hitting them where it counts, that's all that matters, right? I just want to be clear that, <laughs> that macho man's one rule is just the word macho. <laughs> one word. Uh, one rule. And it is macho. It's a way of life. Let me, uh, all right, so we're going to have to take a break uh, pretty shortly. But before we go, I'd like to ask you, Mr. Dewey. Uh, sure. So in addition to the Dewey Decimal System, you also advocated for uh, spelling reform. And I was wondering if you wouldn't mind walking us through uh, your ideas for spelling reform. Uh, well, I, spelling is hard to learn, right? It is, it's, it is it's, really it's hard to sometimes learn. sometimes impossible. I mean, that's why people gravitate so strongly to uh, images and names uh, and saying them out loud, screaming them. For example, this word macho. Macho! Being repeated. Um, <laughs> listening to it on the radio, you might not know how to spell that word, but you might want to say it. And so, you know, I always thought, like, well, let's get people back to saying and spelling the way that they say it. I, so uh, I know a good way of teaching people to spell macho mm -hmm. just look at your right bicep where you have it tattooed <laughs> yeah. i'd really like to get more into that but unfortunately we uh we gotta take a short break but we'll be right back with melville dewey and macho man randy savage on famous dead people stay with us Hey, everybody, just want to take a quick break to remind you to subscribe to Famous Dead People on iTunes or whatever app you are using to listen to podcasts. Rate us five stars, leave a comment, tell your friends. All that stuff helps us out a ton. And feel free to hit us up at FamousDeadPeople at RadioFreeBrooklyn.org if you want a specific Famous Dead person on the show or if you have any comments that you want to shoot over to us, whatever. We love hearing from fans. Uh, also, check out my book, The Kellyanne Conway Technique. It is out now. It is hilarious. I hope that you will check that out and read that and uh, leave reviews, awesome reviews on Amazon or BarnesandNoble.com or whatever and tell your friends to read it because it's super funny and I want that money. Also, go check out JarrettBernstein.com for all the latest on my show dates and uh, up-to-date project information. And lastly, if you really like Famous Dead People and you want to send us some money to help keep the show on the air, go to RadioFreeBrooklyn.org slash Famous Dead People and click on the Support This Show button. Thanks again Famous for listening, and now back to the podcast. Famous Dead People, Famous Dead Welcome back to Famous Dead People on Radio Free Brooklyn. Famous Dead People, the only show that resurrects famous people from the grave and asks them all the hard questions. I'm your host, Jared Berenstein, and we are here every Monday at 3 p.m. on Radio Free Brooklyn. My guests in the studio today are 20th century professional wrestler and color commentator for the WWF Macho Man Randy Savage <sighs> and American librarian, educator, and most notably the inventor of the Dewey Decimal System of Library Classification, Melville Dewey. <laughs> Thank you for booking me. Of course. Now, <laughs> Melville, so we were talking uh, right before the break about your spelling reform, how you thought that words should be spelled closer to what they sound like. Mm -hmm. And um, also, you know, we were talking about the metaphorical knocking down that you would do Ooh. of the older generation with your new, young, and exciting classification systems. You know, you're sort of like the rock star of the library world, if I've, I'm reading you correctly, right? And that's what I always called myself. Yeah, yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. Uh, now, the Wikipedia, though, says, and I find this really uh, curious, that you were very adept at making powerful enemies, which seems strange to me that a librarian would have enough exposure to powerful people to make enemies of them even. Like, can you tell us a little bit more about that? Like how you met and then so thoroughly offended influential people that people would say that you were 
adept at making powerful enemies? I, well, yeah. I mean, back in the day, there wasn't much to do except for read. And so reading was really the primary source of entertainment. And people had a lot of stock in books. Mm-hmm. Um, and as soon as I started reorganizing the library system, it became even more accessible. People were flocking to the libraries, wanting to know what was up, what was going on. Like a uh, hot bar. Almost. Exactly. Like people would just go to the library. It was like a hot bar. Mm. <laughs> and, and then I was uh, never shy about um, about um, kicking people out of my library. Oh. Kicking, yeah. Well, asking people to leave the libraries. Come on, Dewey. Just just lie to me. Tell me that you hit one person in your okay, life. Fine, I didn't want to get to this, but I did punch one man in the face. Wow. Who was yeah, it? Do you remember? Brother. What did he do to you? I, God, I didn't want to come to this, but, you know, it was my own cousin. Oh, what? Your cousin? Yeah, he he was coming to the library to, to research pornographic material. Oh, my. Which obviously is in the library. Of like course. You, you have to have it. You have to have it categories. You have to have it in the right place. We have everything in the library. So, of course, we have lots of pornographic materials. <laughs> but people should not only be coming to the library to look at porn. They You're... should... Your library has porn? <laughs> yes. Oh, yeah. Well, I don't want to advocate only the porn. It's important to be digested as part of a balanced diet. Of okay? rich information where you get a little bit of everything. Exactly. Right? This so you porn sh- is the frosted flakes of your library. <laughs> exactly. And you need, you know, the, the banana. A complete breakfast. A glass of orange juice. A glass of water. Scrambled eggs, which might be represented by a nonfiction book about the rings of oak trees. Mm-hmm. Me, I just go in for those sweet, sweet frosted flakes. <laughs> Well, then, in that case, I would ask you strongly to stay away from my libraries. Ooh, then we'd have like a little, uh, then we have a little cage match, right? I don't mince words. We would be right in the cage. Well, Me and Dewey, man to man, staring at each other's eyes. Wait, well, so, following the script. I'm sorry, so you're saying that the reason why you developed all these powerful enemies, Mr. Dewey, is because your, your library with its new classification system was so popular... All these people wanted to come and go there, and you were sort of the gatekeeper. You were the one who decided who got in and who was able to stay in the library. And so in that way, you sort of like... You uh, it pissed off the wrong guys. Is that what I'm? Is that what I'm picking up here? Exactly, and that was you know my informal nickname was the gatekeeper, which I never really liked. You were the gatekeeper. He was, he was the, the gatekeeper. He was the rock star of the library world. I a lot of nicknames. I decapitated the gatekeeper in 1981. <laughs> totally separate gatekeeper. Uh, oh, it, has to okay. be. <laughs> it was the original gatekeeper. Mm, okay. uh, but the, the problem was is that I really had a no tolerance policy in my libraries, and well, that's when I first invented the idea of. Hitting people over the head with a chair. <gasps> you, wait, so you the first person that ever hit someone over the head with a chair? I told you I didn't want to get into all this. I, I, I try to put out, you know, a, a face of being an, a pacifist and nonviolent. Of course, but also gatekeeper of the rock star. You, yeah, you, you got a lot of you, you get a lot of pots on the fire here, Mister Dewey. I do. I mean, that's the problem is I only want to be one person, but I've got so many different people inside of me. You know, I trying think, to get out. I think everybody has that a little bit, and I think that humans should be a little bit more sensitive to the fact that. You know, we contain multitudes. You know, some days, you ever take like one of those uh, personality tests and they're like, are you more extrovert or introvert? And I'm like, yes. it depends on what day. You yes. know, like sometimes I feel like I want to stay inside. Sometimes I feel like I want to be around people, mm. right? And so I feel like we should be more open to the idea that a guy like Dewey of the Dewey Decimal System has a violent side. He's got a rock star side. Of course he does. He's got a gatekeeper side. And Mr. Savage, you probably have multitudes also, right? I have multitudes inside me. Some days. I want to go for that big, big old body slam. <laughs> and other days, I just want to sit down, drink some coffee, and lock you in a good old headlock. 
That's a real, it's a real white swath there. There are waves. There are layers. <laughs> and might I venture that there are some days when you'd want to curl up by the fireplace with a good book? Mm. And throw my enemies <laughs> into the fire. No. I'm just trying to say you, you want to reach towards being the better version of yourself at all times. You got to understand that, that there are there are different multitudes of having multitudes, you know, like for this, this is a lot of variety for for our friend Mosher Man Randy Savage over mm. here. Uh, so let me ask you this, Mr. Savage. You were in in the parlance of the wrestling world. You were originally yes. a heel, mm. which is a character in wrestling that is intended for the audience mm. to hate. Yes. So you're mean. You say shitty things. Yeah. Uh, but you were so popular with uh, audiences that you were eventually trans transitioned into being a hero is that right um that that is what i've been told by my fans i had nothing to do with this uh what what really happened was that i had a dispute with ed mcmahon of the wwf famous and, famous um uh announcer right yes. of the wwf we would have midnight matches where we would go toe to toe naked in the in the wrestling, you, you and ed mcmahon yes oh, okay. the empty madison square garden me versus ed mcmahon uh, one man against another. And I'm sorry, did you say naked? Yes. Oh, yeah, definitely. Greek-style Greek wrestling. The original wrestling. Mr. Dewey, you should be very well familiar with of that. Of course. As we a have librarian. many tomes, large books with mm -hmm. lots of pictures depicting mm -hmm. these kinds of headlocks. Yes. Of course. And there were, there were no more beautiful matches than me versus Ed McMahon at late nights in the Madison Square Garden. One man's sweaty body against the other. And when I was pinned him to the ground, and I pinned him straight for ten years, and, I, and as soon eventually he conceded at which point i was able to be a hero in the wwf i'm sorry so in order to transition to being a hero in the wwf you have to beat ed mcmahon for 10 years in naked midnight wrestling he has to concede <laughs> to you as the he has to submit to you as the better wrestler gotcha gotcha and i'm sure there's probably like a lot of different ways to get him to concede but the way that the path that you chose was pinning him consistently for 10 years in these naked midnight wrestling matches. Yes. Okay, yeah, and, that makes sense. And, and may I ask, as a hero, yes. in what way were you trying to make the world a better place or to help other people? I set order to chaos. <laughs> we are two of the same. Two men enter, one one goes out. I mean, I we, think, I, I don't want to speak, uh, you know, obviously this is your expertise here, mm. but from what I know about wrestling, a hero doesn't necessarily have to you know, do anything good. They just have to be the the nice guy uh, to contrast the obvious bad guy. Like, does, does that sound familiar? Is that is that a good uh, synopsis there? Yes. No. <laughs> Dictionary definition of the word hero mm -hmm. is one who does something for the betterment of all society. Oh well, how about how about for the betterment of society would be to. Uh, body slam a heel. Body slam someone who's who's insulting the audience. That, Take that's down the gatekeeper. Nineteen eighty one. No more evil person than the gatekeeper. Yeah, or uh, or um the the I'm trying to think of other heel. Other you know there was um the the Undertaker right. He was he was a heel right. The Undertaker. The Undertaker. El Pasillo. <laughs> the Mummy. Rando the Jackal. Rando the Jackal. What was, what was Simple it? Sam. Wait, wait, no, let's talk about Rando the Jackal. Rando the Jackal. What was his what was his what was his shtick? Rando the Jackal. He would nip at your heels. He would run at he would run around <laughs> you and take little take tiny bites out of your heels. But what was his name? Rando. <laughs> Rando. Because you couldn't you couldn't get a read on him. He was just too <laughs> random. He's all over the place. Well, yeah. I love that because, you know, it just makes so much sense with the jackal mm. part of it, nipping at your heels. Mm. I love that when it connects like that. It and makes you're going to tell me that I didn't better mankind by pinning Rando the jackal? <laughs> 
1993. Yeah, I'm surprised you didn't get a Nobel Peace Prize for that. It really, it really was something for the for the ages. I for the pinned world. him and his mother in a tag team match. Was I, it you and your mother? Yes, me <laughs> and Mama Man Randy Savage. When did the mothers get brought into all of this? It was a novelty event for Mother's Day in 1993. That sounds lovely. That's a, you can you can really bond with your mom. It you was bring, brutal. Bring mother- <laughs> it was awful. My mother has never been the same. Can I tell you? Uh, can I ask you, Mr. Melville, about yeah. uh, one of your other innovations? Were these traveling libraries that I read about? Mm. Um, uh, in your Wikipedia, and I, there wasn't a lot of information about them, so I was just wondering if you could just like fill us in. I, I think I know what a traveling library is, but maybe you can just uh, clarify that for us. Well, you know, sometimes you want to get away, so uh, okay. you just had a little too much of uh, being the gatekeeper, or you know, being the undertaker, or being the rock got, star, or being the rock star, and people just want too much from you. So uh, you take all your books, throw them in a cart. And get the heck out of Dodge. Get the heck out of town. You know, so if you, if we had libraries that people could just take and rent, then they could get away. Uh, Interesting. Okay, so so if I'm understanding correctly, a person would would take a library that existed already, and they would just take that library with them wherever they were traveling. Is that right? Exactly. Yeah. Huh, interesting. I mean, it doesn't seem convenient just because I know that. Um, uh, you know, libraries are big, massive, and, uh, you know, filled with books, which are heavy. Sounds horribly inconvenient. <laughs> uh, you go to a library, and all of a sudden, every single one of the books in that library has been checked out by some nobody who's going to Myrtle Beach? Yeah, they're just on their way somewhere. It doesn't well, seem... Uh... Well, you know, Rand, what did you invent? <laughs> oh I invented the God... Well, you want to know what I... Hold, hold on a second. Let's let's just like take a breath here for a second. Mm. Listen, guys, I think we just need to take a break and take things down a little bit. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I don't want to get oh, It's difficult because I here. feel I have been personally offended by someone who You've never did something offended. with their life. I invented the 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 Oklahoma chokum. <laughs> Historical records show that people were using that since the 1700s. Oh, well, we, we you know let's not go back to the historical record. We all. Maybe maybe you were in a different place. Maybe the the Oklahoma chokum hadn't hadn't transcended to where you were yet. You know, like like there's a, there's parallel thinking. No, I don't think that everybody anybody has to be at fault in this situation. All I'm saying is that I invented something beautiful, and if you can't appreciate it, maybe you should try it. Oh my God! Yeah, would you be willing to open your horizons and just try the traveling library that uh, that uh, Dewey Decimal is talking about here? I would. This is this is a process by which a person can check out an entire, entire library, library and take it with them on the road. A, a, what, a week? For, for however what long. What the hell am I going to do <laughs> with a whole library in one week? Listen, for those of you just joining us, uh, you're listening to Famous Dead People on Radio Free Brooklyn, and my guests today are American inventor of the Dewey Decimal System, Melville Dewey. Thank you, hello. And 20th century professional wrestler and color commentator for the WWF, Macho Man Randy Savage. I'm riled up! <laughs> so, I feel like this traveling library idea has got us all a little ruffled, so let's just move on. Uh, to uh, uh, to some other topics. Um, and uh, in 1998, uh, Mr. Savage, the Harvard Lampoon, which is the the comedy newspaper in Harvard, yes. they named you the man of the year. Oh. Uh, which I have to assume was, like, ironic, right? Like, they were, like, we're, we're sort of, like, going to have a funny person be a man of the ironic. year. Ironic. Yeah. Is that not jibe with Are how you you're... Are you not a student of history? I, I, I personally, no. I know a little bit, but... As many people know, the Cold War ended in 1998, after the, War, after the Berlin Wall came down seven <laughs> years earlier. Yes, <laughs> we're all well aware. Okay. The Cold War ended in a, in a title match between me 
and the Brandenburg Eagle. And the Brandenburg uh, Eagle. A German-Soviet uh, wrestler. And I, I ended that Cold War in a Rocky Four style when I, uh, I broke his back over my knee. Hmm, interesting. And so, and so they decided that you should be the, uh, the, the man of the year because you had sort of ended the Cold War seven years after it had already been ended. Is that right? I ended the Cold War when the Cold War needed to be ended. <laughs> well, I just think that I didn't know that about you. Yeah, that's. I mean, that's fair. It works for me. That's incredible. You know, I I assume that it was like a joke. Like, look at this. We're taking this professional wrestler who. Well, I think you you're know, a joke. Well, that's not a very nice thing to say. I know, Mr. but Mr. you, just said, you just said me getting voted man of the year was a joke. So I think you and your show is a joke. That's a really mean thing to say. Well, I, my feelings are hurt. I think and I'm all riled up. I think up. it's mean, and I also I'm a little offended that you didn't give me a macho man styled nickname the way that you gave people in your family, the way that you gave Mr. Dewey over here. How about ass face? Man, Randy All right, Savage. Now, now you're just being hurt. How about you know? How about stupid dude? <laughs> I don't think this is necessary. My muscles are so big. I'm gonna, you know, I'm just gonna talk to uh, Mr. Dewey for a, a moment, just because I, I feel like my my feelings are really getting taken advantage of mm -hmm. here. Uh, so, Mr. Dewey, in addition to all of these different, um, you know, levels to your personality, um, the Wikipedia also describes you as having a persistent inability to control yourself around women, which all, which really surprises me for somebody who was uh, a librarian and somebody who was, like, invested in the world of librarians. Um, and I'm not trying to call you out on any kind of bad behavior, but I have to ask, like, what did you do that made people describe you like that, that way, that you couldn't control yourself around women? Well, you, you know, around the, around the time when I was becoming a man, mm -hmm. um, women in society were really letting loose. And so mm -hmm. I was following the trend and letting loose along with them. I was just, you know, following and trying to blend in. And for some reason, when I did it, it was inappropriate. I mean, mm -hmm. the kinds of dancing that were done, it was a line dance. Women, um, oh. even sometimes in the library, would get in line and start kicking. So I started kicking as well. And I couldn't oh, control it. You started <laughs> kicking them? I what? No, I think he's a, he got in line he, with them and kicked as well, like right? Huge... No, no, that's correct. I started no, so you were kicking kick them. At them. You no, kicked at the line dancers. Them. I meant to kick along with them, and I ended up kicking them all down. Oh, my God. <laughs> Which is was what was so confusing. I mean, I had always thought of, of dancing as a calm, social way to get to know other people, and suddenly it was overtaking me oh my god i didn't understand it that's wow. yeah that's i i that blows me away but I, but that's like one example like you didn't have like a hundred versions of you getting so riled up that you would kick women do you No. once the kicking happened one time it happened every time <laughs> so every time you just saw women you started kicking started, them well not like kicking them to hurt them but i started kicking and and whoever was around me got kicked Gotcha. So you couldn't even just like look at a woman. You start kicking. No, it was uncontrollable. Wow, it was that's like, incredible. It's like a Pavlovian response. I actually got to say, it's a little refreshing that it wasn't like groping or like sexualizing or you know like uh, objectifying. It was just that you would have this this uh, urge to kick the air. No, exactly. And I was just trying to impress them, and I and I failed miserably. Mm -hmm. Luckily, um, I did uh, eventually get married, but um, the mm. kicking. Sadly, never stopped. <laughs> oh that is, oh that is heartbreaking. I mean, it's also got to be something that you can relate to, right? Absolutely. As somebody who has thrown a few kicks as well, right? I, I, I've never thrown a kick that I wasn't in complete control of, though. <laughs> That's fair. Um, so, unfortunately, we only have uh, time for one more quick question. Um, I'd like to ask you, Mr. Macho Man Randy Savage, mm. how you feel about 
your famous endorsement of Slim Jims because you you know you burst through the wall, you say snap it to a Slim Jim, and it was such an incredible performance that he became an iconic part of your celebrity. Isn't I that was right? I was extremely proud of that, especially because my best friend at the time was named Slim Jim. Mm. Um, and I would, we had this joke, it, well, me and my friends, I would come into a room and I would slap him and I'd say, slap him to a Slim Jim and everyone would laugh. And the, the fact that I got paid to do that in front of a camera was, uh, it was life changing. <laughs> well, yeah, that must've been very, uh, very life affirming. Uh, unfortunately, that's all the time that we have for this week's episode of Famous Dead People. I'd like to thank my guests, uh, Macho Man Randy Savage. Thank you. And uh, Melville Dewey. Uh, thank you for uh, having me. For joining me. me in the studio today. I do have one final question for you both. Um, do either of you have any like comedy shows or Twitter accounts that you want to tell people about? Is that weird, uh, Mr. Mister Savage? Oh, yeah. Uh, you can see me in uh, Horse Girl at UCB on Lloyd Night, uh, Sexy Baby at the Magnet Wednesday nights, and the Friday Night Show on Fridays. Wonderful. And uh, anything you want to tell people about, Mr. Dewey? Check out the New York Public Library. <laughs> it's just a wonderful location. I love it there. All right. If you have any uh, questions you'd like to ask your favorite dead person, please email that to us at famousdeadpeople at radiofreebrooklyn.org. We'll try to have them on as soon as we can. My name is Jarrett Berenstein, and you should go check out my website, jarrettberenstein.com, or go out and buy my book, Kelly and Conway Technique. It is out now, and it is super funny. We are here every Monday at 3 p.m. on Radio Free Brooklyn. Thank you so much for listening, and we'll see you next week. Famous.